Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And can I give you a little uh, dialogue of what just happened between me and Sarah? Uh, 15 plus minutes ago, I said, me, I said, I just tried to log on and my laptop died. Sorry, going to be a couple minutes. And she wrote, same. Then I wrote, it's taking its sweet ass time. And then she wrote, Mine as well, says it's on 1%. I said, slowly loading, LOL. She said, laptop died. <laughs> I, I said, haha, OMG, damn you, CJ. She said, LOL, so annoying. I just need to get a new laptop. I will when I get to the States. I said, girl, same. She said, still rebooting. And I said, running to pee. And here we are, <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> Guys, it's a struggle. And I messaged Katie as well. And to ask if we could record 15 minutes earlier, and then we've spent the last 15 minutes dealing with technical issues. So God damn it. <laughs> it's it's been wild, but a blessing. Hashtag oh, a blessing. Hashtag thanks. I give thanks. Um, and Sarah's not feeling the greatest, but she's graciously <laughs> willing to do this episode. She's. Uh, what do you think you have? Maybe the flu or something. I think it's the flu. I don't know. So, guys, I sound really nasally and gross, so sorry. You might want to skip this episode if that grates on your ears, because I get it. Totally get it. Um, I don't know what I have. It's going around like crazy in the office, but also Rory's sick, so it's yeah. either something in the office, something from his daycare, or something else. I don't know. But also, it's just been going around. Yeah, and it's just the fall, right? People yeah. start getting sick. So it's one of those annoying things where I felt rough like Thursday and then Friday. But then yesterday, I was like, oh, I feel fine. Let's go out and about. And I was like, maybe I, I avoided it and I didn't catch it. This is great. Aww. Like, wow, wow, wow. We read some general conference talks so you don't have to. Exactly. because aren't they rough to get through I can't even do more like I um (coughs) sorry I skimmed through a few and then I was like I can't even stomach to do more than skimming (laughs) I'm just gonna pick this one because it'll do I can't I can't do anything else (laughs) yeah it's oh so many to choose from but Sarah and I each picked a talk and just in case you're interested, we also coordinated with Not So Peter Priesthood, the spinoff podcast of this one. We made sure that we didn't cover the talks that they were covering, so you could go listen to theirs, too. Um, Amazing. But wait, but, before we get to the episode, yes. Did, what did you dress up as? A cat. Because oh. it was very last minute, and um, so I just did the dumb thing where you put on cat ears and put whiskers on your face so that's not dumb it's cute well, thank you thank you yeah it's uh god I can't I can't do parties anymore Sarah I <laughs> <laughs> I'm prob. oh god I have stuff to do today I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna sleep but I don't have time oh <laughs> no that's worst it's okay it's all in the moment you're just like yes shot 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 shot, 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 shot. everybody I know and it was meeting new people and you know you have that social lubricant so you're like talking to people next thing you know it's way too late any hoozle um (laughs) uh do you have a preference of who goes first 
Maybe let me go first before in case my ibuprofen wears off and then I'm like a zombie over here. Um, Okay, go ahead. Let me just pull up my notes. Um, Okay, so I did. This one just like stuck out to me for obvious reasons. I mean, we have a whole podcast on it. Um, It's from Elder Carlos A. Godoy. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Godoy. Godoy. Mm -hmm. And it's called For the Sake of Your Posterity. God. Yeah. <laughs> so instantly I saw that title and I was like, <sighs> they're talking about people who have left the church or who are inactive. And then they're going to try to put like blame on parents and family members. Absolutely. Keep your children in the church, right? Exactly. And then like the little subhead under it is. Don't be the weak link in this beautiful chain of faith you started or you received as a legacy. Be the strong one. Oh, my God. My jaw just dropped. That was we called it. Yeah. So technically speaking, Katie, you and I are both weak links. We are the weak links. You're the weakest link. Remember that show? Oh, I do. That was a while ago. That was a long time ago. So long. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okay, so I'm going to get into it. I have to cough, sorry. <clears throat> um, there's like, I mean, it's pretty much the whole article. I try to trim it down, but it's one of those good old, I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to be surprised, shocked, but it starts off in the same format where we have a story mm-hmm. or an analogy, an example, so nothing shocking here. Um. So he says, a few years ago, when I was serving in the South America, Northwest area and living in Peru, I had a beautiful experience I would like to share with you. I love Um, how they call it serving when it's like you get paid to live there and yeah, and just be an authority figure. But sure, you're serving. Okay. Sure, Bob. Um, (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Uh, sure, George. <laughs> sure, George. Um, it happened when I was returning home after a busy weekend of assignments. After finally completing the airport immigration process, I found a friendly taxi driver waiting for me from our usual taxi service, aka the church probably has like some type of taxi service that yeah they, they yeah they have for. drivers and cars yeah exactly but it's paid for by the members so uh huh. You know, mm-hmm. cool. Um, he took me to his car and I sat in the back ready to relax and enjoy a quiet trip home. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that in in the Uber app where you can say like, you don't want to talk. He should have put that in. Oh, I didn't know they have that now. Yeah. There's like, I don't, I don't know if it's everywhere, but there's like a part where you can say like, you just don't want to chat. Like you're not in the mood to chat. Oh man. I'd pick that every time. I know there's nothing worse than getting a chatty uber driver when you're like fuck's sake i just want to sit and fly although i will say i haven't mentioned this i don't even think i've told you this i took a lift for like the first time in like a year the other night and the driver asked where i was from and i told him and we started talking about mormonism and he was an (gasps) ex-mormon and i told him about the podcast and he immediately looked it up yeah pretty pretty amazing so I was like okay that chatty interaction was cool but all the other ones not so much yeah 
Well, hi, Lyft driver, if you're listening. Hello. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Also, side note, Katie met up with my niece last week. I just <gasps> to throw that out. I know. It was so cute. Hi, Carmen, if you're listening. Oh, yeah. She she's... was so happy and was saying that you're the best. But anyways, just just side note. It's adorable. She's precious. She's precious. Yeah. Okay. Um, after driving a few blocks, the driver received a phone call from his supervisor telling him I took the wrong taxi. A car was reserved for me and the supervisor asked him to take me back to the airport if I wanted to change cars. I told him it was not necessary and we could keep going. (laughs) How generous. How kind of you, George. How (laughs) kind. After a few minutes of silence, he looked at me through the rearview mirror and asked, you are Mormon, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait, I want to guess. Does he say next? Technically, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh-huh. <gasps> he does? Okay. Yeah, oh, my God. Basically, not the very next line, but okay. less. Yeah. Well, after that inviting question, I knew my quiet moments were over. I could not <laughs> resist exploring where his question would take us. <laughs> so predictable. Um, <clears throat> I learned that his name was Omar. His wife's name was Maria Teresa. I almost said Mother Teresa there. (laughs) And they had two children, Carolina and Rodrigo, both 14 and 10. Omar had been a member of the church since he was a child. His family was active, but at some point, his parents stopped going to church. Omar became completely inactive when he was 15, and he's now 40 years old. So already we're putting the blame on his parents because yep his parents stopped going to church so it's their fault. Just keep I'm just ha- I'm happy that Omar hasn't been going to church all that time. Go Omar. He actually could live a fulfilling life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Okay, at that moment I realized I did not take the wrong taxi. It's <laughs> not a coincidence. <laughs> George, you're killing me. <laughs> Isn't it like you know what's going to happen where they're going to say this is on purpose? It's not a coincidence. God but, orchestrated this. Taxi. Yes. That's what he took his time to do was orchestrate yes. this taxi meet cute instead of helping children with cancer. Cool. Exactly. God <laughs> doesn't have time for anything else, but he can rearrange this taxi service. That uh, yep, that's, that's what's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, He said, I told him who I was and that I was in his taxi because the Lord was calling him back to his fold. Gross. (laughs) If I heard anyone say that to me, I'd be like, okay, we're done. We're done here. Just pull off the side here. Drop me off. I'd rather hitchhike my way to my hotel than be in the car with you. As I said in, as I said in that one episode when I was like, I'd rather get eaten by sharks than be on yeah. this ship with Brigham Young. Toodaloo! Exactly. Toodaloo, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not interested in being in this car with you at all. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> um, okay. So he says, Um, We then talked about the time he and his family were active members of the church. He had fond memories of sweet family home evening moments and some primary songs. He then softly sang a few words of, I am a child of God. This didn't happen. 
This did not happen. <laughs> There's I'm no sorry. fucking way. I'm, no I'm dying way. right now. Oh, my God. Isn't it like when I read it, I was like, Mormons there would have been like, oh, my God, the spirit is touching my soul. And I, I need to have these moments. And then you look back and you're like, how cringy. Imagine someone in the car being like, I am a, a child of God. And it's a 40-year-old man. Right? Who hasn't been active since he was 50. I mean, if anything, it's like supporting our point that you're brainwashed yes. because he remembers it from when he was 15 to 40. Like He's just softly singing it while driving the taxi. I am a child of God. God that's like from a horror movie. I know. I was like, this is kind of good for a Halloween story. It is. It is. Right? It's spooky. Uh-huh. Omar, let's not ever do that again, Omar. Omar, in no. Omar. And you're driving people. Omar, that wasn't your best moment. No, no. Oh, and slash George, let's not make up ridiculous stories like Yeah, this. come on, George. This is really a George problem, not an Omar problem. Yeah. I hear you what, like, what really happened is George just said, like, oh, maybe you're Mormon because he could tell by the way he dressed or the fact that he probably had, like, multiple, like, Book of Mormons with him. And then <laughs> George was like, oh, my God, this is a moment. And then he just hounded him the whole time and was like, where are you from? Are you used to be a Mormon? Tell me about your childhood. I know a primary song. <laughs> yeah, can you softly sing this primary song to me? <laughs> and then Omar was probably like, fuck's sake, I just want my Uber rating to go up. I need it yeah. to go from a 4.7 to 4.8. I need the tip. Fine, I will softly sing whatever kinks this guy has. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh So uh, then it gets even creepier. After getting his address, phone what? number, permission to share with his bishop. What? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what we, we talk about, you guys. It's creepy shit. Like, they want to know where you are at all times and all your details. Like, he got his address and phone number. Super creepy. Yeah. He, I told him I would find a way to be in the chapel on his first day back to church. Okay, even creepier. <laughs> I know. We finished our trip from the airport to my home, as well as our little trip to his past. And we went our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> how does anyone take this seriously how do you take it seriously and also who, who what the writers they can't be like this good quality shit they must be like i just imagine them high on like mushrooms and writing these talks they just for have the lowest bar of like what will fly in these talks <laughs> it's so cheesy uh, okay after wait, a few weeks later, his bishop called me, telling me Omar was planning to attend church on a certain Sunday. I told him I would be there. That uh, Sunday, Omar was there with his son. His wife and daughters were not yet interested. A few months later, his bishop called me again, this time to tell me that Omar would be baptizing his wife and his two children, and he invited me to be there. No! And, yeah. Isn't that, like, so, like, you just want to be like, no, Omar. Omar, no. no. You had it right by leaving. No. And then it has a picture of this cute little family who got converted by this George dude and his wife. Like, oh. Grimy. Then it says, that same Sunday, I told Omar and his family that if they were prepared in one year, I would be honored to perform their sealing in the Lima, Peru temple. 
And then there's a picture of the family being shared, like sealed in the temple. No. Oh, worst outcome. I know. I was like, why couldn't Omar just been like, fuck off. (laughs) Hi, Omar. Thank you for my address, George. I don't know you. Leave me alone. (laughs) Okay, he goes, why am I sharing this experience with you? Why are you, George? (laughs) Yeah, George, why are you? (laughs) I'm sharing it for two purposes. First, to address those good members who, for some reason, have fallen away from the restored gospel. <laughs> See, that's us. That's, that's us. That's us. We have fallen away from the good old gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> good old gospel of Josh Christ. And Josh Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> second, to also address those participating members who maybe are not being as faithful to their covenants as they should be. In oh, right. both, yeah. In both cases, generations ahead of them are impacted and blessings and promises that were reserved for their posteri- posterities are at risk. You know what this is reminding me of? What? Remember that lady? I don't remember her name, but she ta- she spoke at a general conference a few years ago and she started bawling, crying because someone's grandma had a cup of coffee, which led to them, her children having a cup of coffee, which led to their whole posterity being damned. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, like, all of this from one cup of coffee. <laughs> That's what this feels like to me. Starbucks should reach out to her and like do... <laughs> Um, a partnership to be like it, people can't resist coffee because it's that damn good. Like they <laughs> put her entire posterity at risk so that she could have that sweet, sweet coffee. And you know what? People would think that it's one of those satirical ads when we know <laughs> she was being serious. <laughs> They're like, "What cult is this?" Ah, Mormonism. Oh, there it is. That makes sense. That's, I mean, that, that's what this feels like to me, where it's like, oh, well, your posterity will be fucked if you, <laughs> if you stray. It also, I mean, I think I said this in one of the other episodes, but it's like that meme that has, like, one cup of coffee from her story, <laughs> but then it shows, like, these huge drinks, like, sodas that people oh, get in yeah. Utah, and it's, like, yeah. literally has, like, three or four times the amount of caffeine as that one small cup yep. of coffee. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. So stupid. Okay, <clears throat> let's start with the first scenario. Good members who have left the covenant path. Hey, tag That's yourself. Us. When, and he's talking about, as happened with my friend Omar. When I asked him why he decided to return, he said it was because he and his wife felt their children would be happier in life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He felt it was about time to go back to church for the sake of their children. Okay. Um, it is so sad when we come across inactive members or non-members of the church who at one time had the gospel within their families and lost it because of their parents or grandparents' decision to take a break from the church. Oh, that, my God. Yeah. Duh. Stop so, blaming the parents. It, our parents didn't lead us to leave the church, George. No, not yeah. at all, George. And it actually <laughs> fucking makes me incredibly angry. Like, mm-hmm. I know that my mom has this guilt. Like, I know she thinks it's her fault that I've left and I'm like completely out of the church. And I, it's heartbreaking and it makes like infuriates at the church. Like I Mm -hmm. just more so than usual, but like, yeah, it's just, it's so shit to put that guilt and shame and 
I mean, I'm a parent now. And even though I'm not in the church, like sometimes I think about like how fucked up it is that if I were in the church and if Rory decided, you know, like he wanted to leave, how I would feel like it's my fault. And yeah. That. Yeah. I, I really hate that it, <clears throat> it, it it's not explicitly said, but we know that our parents feel that it's it's their fault. And yeah. it's absolutely not. It's the church's fault that we left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It gets it gets worse. So he goes, that decision could have an impact on their posterity forever. Their children and grandchildren have been precluded from the protection and the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ in their lives. Even more heartbreaking, they have lost the promises of an eternal family, which were there one day. The decision of one has impacted a whole chain of descendants. A legacy of faith has been broken. Oh, my God. Yeah. The guilt and the shame that's being placed. Like, yeah, again, you'll be separated from your family. You're not going to yep. be protected. It's yep. fear-mongering at its finest. So fucked. Um, and then he says, let's address the second scenario. Today's participating members who maybe are not being as faithful as they should be. Just as yesterday's decisions impact today's reality, realities, decisions of today will impact our future and the future of our family members. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then he's, he starts quoting, like, Dallin H. Oaks, which is our favorite, you know. Dallin homophobic Dal- Oaks. Yeah, Dallin homophobic Oaks. Let's go. Which I'm like, can't even, can't even get into most of that. But he just basically is saying, like, when you make current decisions, we should always be asking, where will this lead? <laughs> will our current decisions lead us to joy now and in eternity, or will they lead us to sorrow and tears? Isn't that just basic, like, decision-making? Most yeah. people don't, don't think about a thing and go, is this going to hurt real bad? I'm going to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. We, we know he's framing it in the terms of the church of, like, Am I going to be sinful if I do this thing? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, this is a point where it just shows what they always emphasize. It's like some may think we don't need to attend church every Sunday or we will pay tithing when things get better. Mm, there it is. Yep. It's just like, okay, so there we go. Talking about tithing as per usual. Usual. Blah. Um, and he says, I think I'll end on this. Those with thoughts like these do not realize the negative impact this, quote, lukewarm type of membership has. Oh, fuck off, George. <laughs> you know, you're, you're lucky enough to have them still as members, you know? Like, I know. You can't be nitpicky at this point. <laughs> because it's like, well, we need them to be active so they'll pay. So uh, that they'll pay and they won't question. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, it says the parents may remain active, but the risk of losing their children is high in this life and in eternity. Gross. <laughs> so oh. I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it there because then he goes on and he's like, my dear brothers and sisters. <laughs> my dear brothers and sisters. <laughs> if you are one of these two situations I mentioned in my message, please reconsider your course of action. You know there is a plan for us in this life. You know that families can be eternal. Why put yours at risk? Don't be the weak link in this beautiful chain of fate you started or perceived as legacy. Be the strong one. It is your turn to do it in the Lord. Oh, let's all bow down to Sarah's preacher voice, shall we? Because that was impeccable. 
I feel like anytime we read any type of talk, I just need to do it in a preacher voice, bring back my yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, how to make it a little more interesting, right? <laughs> so that, that's good old That girl. was Kay. That was a great pick. And George is an asshole. I'm just going to say it. That, that, it's so shitty to make parents think that it's their fault if their kids make the decision to not be in the church. It's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, makes and to me put that guilt on people who are questioning the church mm-hmm. like again we've always said it's scaremongering but this is yeah. just yet again a proof that it's they just put like fear in your heart and are just yes. like you know what if you leave it's because you're weak and you're also going to impact all those unborn children yeah in your whole posterity is yeah. ruined and it's your fall and you're not going to see any of your family for eternity yep just awful gross i hate it okay my the one that i chose is by elder neil l anderson and it's titled of course tithing opening of the windows of heaven oh of course because they always have to have at least one or two talks on tithing yeah i I think it's interesting we both kind of picked ones that that spoke about it (laughs) yep because you guys i don't know if you know this but the church is struggling financially (laughs) <laughs> that's sarcasm in case you didn't pick that up they don't have any money it's They're definitely not poor. a couple hundred b- 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 billion dollars yeah exactly oh uh, so pay your tithing okay so he says while i was in south america recently brother roger Pera from venezuela shared the following experience with me quote In 2019, Venezuela was shaken by problems that caused a power blackout for five days. Chaos and anarchy reigned in the streets, and many desperate people did not have sufficient food. As the owner of a small bakery, I was very worried about our business. As a family, we decided to give away all the food in our bakery to people in need. Which, okay, that's very cool. Well, you did that, but just keep listening. Okay. Through one very dark night, riots were everywhere. My only concern was for the safety of my beloved wife and children. At dawn, I went to our our bakery. Sadly, every nearby food business had been destroyed by looters. But to my great astonishment, our bakery was intact. Nothing had been destroyed. I humbly thanked my heavenly father. Arriving home, I told my family of God's blessing and protection. They were all so grateful. My oldest son, Rogelio, only 12 years old, said, Papa, I know why our store was protected. You and Mama always pay your tithes. Oh, no. <sighs> the words of Malachi. Stores, like mm-hmm. he always says, God's petty. And he was like, you know what, you bitches? You didn't pay your tithing. So, <laughs> so I'm going to tell these people yeah. to go and raid your store and rob them and destroy mm-hmm. their stores. But not yours. Yeah, because you paid Mormon tithing, so you're protected. It's so arrogant and gross. I know. I mean, I like that they donated their products to to families, but then to turn around and say, but yeah, our store was the only one intact because we're Mormon tithing payers is just so... Like, imagine being this other store owner. I know! Maybe they've heard this or they someone told them something about it like imagine like that's so horrible i yeah i i know oh okay so then neil goes on to say 
With all the Lord gives to us, he has asked us to return to him and his kingdom on earth 10% of our increase. So, again, nothing's really ours. No. God has given us everything. So the least we can do is pay him human money. That's what God needs. Because that's what CJ's want. He's like, yo, I need some human money because I'm running a bit short at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I need to pay celestial rent. <laughs> <laughs> My he mortgage, has... the, the interest rate got up. So I'm going to need you guys to. Yeah, I'm a little short on gas money this month. Can yeah. Just give me a couple billion. That should that cover it. stupid. <laughs> he has promised us that as we are honest in our tithes, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He has promised us that he will protect us from evil. See, see, haters, they say it right there. You're protected from evil if you give them money. <laughs> yep. So all those people who tell us that tithing is just about, oh, it's like, it'd be, oh, you know, you have to be obedient and it's not about you know, anything else, da, da, da. no, look, it says right there that mm-hmm. if you want to be protected, then you have to pay tithing. If not, then basically something shitty is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. The church recently donated 54 million U.S. dollars to provide relief to vulnerable children and mothers across the world. All right, and- way to, like, drop that in. And it's it seems like a lot of money. $54 million is a fuck ton of money. I will not lie. But compared to what they have, it's nothing. But also, it's probably like another tax write-off for them. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. So this it's is not all really charitable. Mm-hmm. And with the offerings from your monthly fast, our good bishops help thousands each week who temporarily need foods on their tables, clothes on their backs, and shelter over their heads. So, yeah, this is referring to more like fast offerings that um, members give that separate from tithing. It's separate. It's another, it's another donation that they're supposed to give. And yeah, it does give um, some help to people, but also it, we've covered how it kind of doesn't, it kind of comes with strings attached. Yeah. And it's also really like, I mean, obviously not every bishop was the same, and I'm sure there's some good ones out there who wouldn't do this, but yeah, with the price where, like, they basically humiliate, like, make you, like, it's it's humiliating to, like, go to them because they, like, make you grovel and do all this shit in return and, like, make it kind of public knowledge. Like, I remember, and I've talked about this a few times, like, a family in my church, like, my ward growing up, that they made them clean the church and, like, do all these different like services around the church, like mm-hmm. admin, like maintenance shit. And so it was so obvious that they were struggling. Like everyone knew their affairs. Everyone knew like, it's just to me, it was like really shitty. Like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not really helping. Now. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And, and like you said, I'm sure there are good people who are bishops or I guess good men. Cause that's the only one who can be a bishop. Yeah. Um, that, that don't make them do that. But I think it's kind of, that's like the standard practice is, they're supposed to quote unquote work it off. So they, yeah, you see them doing maintenance around the church and you're like, Oh, that person is poor. Yeah. I mean, it's still the fact that like members clean the church is something wild to me, but it's also just, again, really smart. Like they don't pay for marketing because they have missionaries. They don't pay for sales team because they have missionaries. They don't pay for cleaning because they have members. They'll do that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, That's why they have so much money. 
Well, yeah, and they don't pay the the clergy that's the in like the ward level. You know, nope. everyone it's all volunteer, and so yeah, again, just keeping that money, but working that organization. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, he says the only permanent solution to the poverty of this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, sure. Barf. I was sick before, but now I feel really sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Lord clearly directed how tithing should be dispersed, saying, quote, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, which means bring the tithes into his restored kingdom. Okay. Sure. <laughs> which nope. is- not what it means. It's like, how does bringing all the tithes to the storehouse mean bring the, the tithes to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I, no. um, he directed that the use of these sacred tithes would be prayerfully considered by a council of the First Presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and the presiding bishopric, and my own voice unto them, saith the Lord. These sacred funds do not belong to the leaders of the church. They belong to the Lord. I mean, fuck right off. That's not true. We all know that. <laughs> oh, we all also, know that. It belongs to like a financial advisor, as in like it's not just them. They have like a f- team of financial advisor who tells them where to invest their money, how to get away from like loopholes with taxes. I mean, they already don't pay tax because they're considered a church, but like mm-hmm. they have these private um, entities that are part of like where they don't fund the church or they're not funded from the church, but they're funded from members of the church yeah they they're yeah they got all these ways to do it yeah oh it's not right off yeah oh you're just gonna get more mad when Um. when president gordon b hingley recounted this childhood experience quote when i was a boy i raised a question with my father concerning the expenditure of church funds he reminded me that mine is the god-given obligation to pay my tithes and offerings when I do so, my father said, that which I give is no longer mine. It belongs to the Lord to whom I consecrate it. His father added, what the authorities of the church do with it need not concern you, Gordon. <gasps> Have you read a more cult-like paragraph? It's just like, give them your money. What they do with it is of no concern. Yeah, it doesn't bother. Like You just need to do it. Have complete faith and not worry about where that yeah. money goes. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it goes to a good cause. You're just giving it just faithfully and without question. You Ooh! know, I think about like all the money that I gave to the church. What could I have done with that? I know. I, it doesn't make not, you sick. Not been like a student who was, you know, using credit card to pay for multiple things because I kept giving mm-hmm. all the money to the church. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Makes me mad. From the generous tithes and offerings you have consecrated for the Lord, in our momentous responsibility to take the restored gospel across the world, we have more than 71,000 missionaries serving in 414 missions. Because of your tithes and offerings, missionaries, regardless of their family financial, financial situation, are able to serve. Again, fuck off. Almost all of those missionaries pay for their, their mission themselves. Yep. Yep. He's making it seem like they fund it. They don't. They do not, you guys. Like, and if you ever hear that, call bullshit on it because there are some occasions where the missionaries can't afford it and so they get this help. But it's always taught that you should save and get a job and Mm -hmm. pay for your mission. Like, yeah. And that 
Yeah. It's it's quite rare when a missionary has been funded. I don't even know if they're it let us know if you were like funded entirely by the church, but I don't think they even I, I think they give some assistance in certain cases, but they definitely don't pay for the whole thing. No, I mean, the whole system's just fucked anyways, because you have the missionaries whose parents like pay for everything and give them a larger allowance and then they're the ones that can like eat whatever they want to eat and yeah and you have these other missionaries that you hear stories of that like literally have nothing and survive off of like whatever food they can get Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay he goes on temples are being built across the world in unprecedented numbers currently 177 temples are in operation 59 are currently under construction or renovation and 79 more are in planning and design. Your tithes are allowing the blessings of the temple to be in places only the Lord could foresee. Great use of your money. These elaborate <laughs> structures that do nothing and you do dumb rituals in them that mean nothing. <laughs> uh. There are more than 30,000 congregations housed in thousands of chapels and other facilities in 195 countries and territories. Because of your faithful tithes, the church is being established in faraway places you may never visit among righteous saints you may never know. The church currently sponsors five institutions of higher learning. Heyo, Sarah's alma mater. These serve more than 145,000 students. 110,000 classes are being taught each week in our seminaries and institutes. Those blessings and so many more are in large measure from the young and old of every economic circumstance who pay in on this tithe. So he's saying you're funding BYU and chapels and temples. Great. Great. What else? Are you doing anything else with that money? No, you're just earning money on your money. That's what you're doing. And even then, it's like those buildings don't have that much maintenance. Because I always heard growing up, like, well, tithing pays for, like, to run the buildings and, like, the electricity and, like, to build them and blah, blah, blah. Guys, they don't need $100 billion to run these buildings. Around. No. They don't. Like Sorry. like we mentioned, the, the members do the maintenance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, and they do it for free. Okay. The blessings of tithing come in many ways. I met 12-year-old Charlotte Hlimi near Carcassonne, France. I don't know if I said that right. In 1990, while serving as a mission president. The Hlimis were a faithful family living in an apartment with eight children. Yeek! An apartment with eight children. They had a picture of the Savior and of the prophet on the wall. In the interview for her patriarchal blessing, I asked Charlotte if she paid an honest tithe. She responded, yes, President Anderson. My mother has taught me that there are temporal blessings and spiritual blessings that come from paying our tithing. My mother taught me that if we always pay our tithing, we will want for nothing. And President Anderson, we want for nothing. One day, each of us will finish our earthly journey. 25 years ago, just days before my mother-in-law, Martha Williams, died of cancer, (sighs) she received a small check in the mail. No. She immediately asked my wife, Kathy, for her checkbook to pay her tithing on the check. Oh, shut up. As her mother was so weakened that she could scarcely write, Kathy asked if she could write the check for her. Her mother responded, quote, no, Kathy, I want to do it myself. And then she quietly added, I want to be right before the Lord. It was one of the final things 
Kathy did for her mother was to hand her her tithing envelope to her bishop. <gasps> she That's got so fucked. This woman, her mom is dying from cancer. Uh-huh. And- they're focusing on paying her money to this institution that doesn't give a fuck about her. Just yeah. her money. She, yeah, oh. she got a small check in the mail and was like, even if it was whatever, $10, she's like, I need to give $1 of this to the church before I die. Oh my God. <sighs> one of those like gray areas that no one in the church really says, or I never got clarity on is like when you get gifts and stuff, like do you tithe on that? I never did it as a Mormon. Did you? Uh, I didn't, but I know people that did. And I, I remember hearing that, like, anything you receive, you should give 10% of it. But oh. I didn't. I was like, no. I, especially when you're a kid. You, like, barely have yeah. anybody. <laughs> you're like, you get a dollar. You're supposed to give 10 cents of it. <laughs> you're, you're like, no. <laughs> I mean, I remember I got, like, tax returns and... I, like, asked my bishop, am I supposed to tithe on that? And he was like, well, yeah, it's anything that you receive. And then later it kind of hit me where I was like, what the fuck? Like, after I left the church, yeah. like, I already paid tithing on that because I paid on my, like, every yes. month. So then I just did, like, double because it was my income taxes that I got back. And I already paid. Fuck's sake. I know. I know. And meanwhile, you're struggling just eating yeah. instant ramen and, like, yeah. trying to go to school. And they're this really wealthy corporation, but they're milking you dry. It's crazy. Uh, I testify to the words of President Russell M. Nelson, quote, in coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between uh, now and the time he returns, we will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles upon the faithful. This is my witness. Jesus is the Christ. This is his holy work. He will come again. Oh, will he? In the name of Jesus Christ, <laughs> amen. He will come again with the with the gnat zombie on his shoulder. They will make it appear again in the latter I love, days. I love when you reference the gnat, the zombie gnat. I, I can't not. Like, anytime I think of CJ now, I think of, like, him having this, instead of a pet parrot, it's like a pet zombie gnat on his shoulder. <laughs> Oh, he's like, oh, I went to the Americas. I was telling this to someone the other day. I was like, how fat shit crazy is this? They believe <laughs> that Jesus was like, oh, we're going to die. But before I go to heaven, I'm going to do a little detour, go to America, and <laughs> teach teach the gospel there. And then I'm going to go back to heaven. And the little gnat's going to come with me during that time as well. Oh. Because the gnat can be resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So silly. Oh, Okay, friends. Yeah, that was our sacrifice for you. We went through those talks. So you Ooh. don't have to. <sighs> yeah, you guys. You don't have to do it. And what the lesson is, is don't be the weakest link. <laughs> Be the kinkiest kink and <laughs> also pay your money, but don't pay it to the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Pay it yeah. to yourself. Pay it, it to yourself. Pay it to your favorite OnlyFans creator. Hey, you could go, you could go pay a little extra and get extra content from, from us on Patreon. <laughs> you could do That'd that. Cool. You could, I mean, there's so many options where you're not paying a hundred billion dollar corporation. Yeah. So many ways you can, you can spend that money, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was fun. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk later.
Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh,